live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Good afternoon and a happy Friday to you and yours. What a gorgeous day it is this January 6th, the year 2023. I hope you're able to get out and about and enjoy it. We're here for the next two hours as we are each and every day, Monday through Friday. And uh, we're thankful to be here. My main man, James Mesh, back in the master control suite, sitting in the producer's chair uh, in the game studios, which are on the campus of Delta Media, which houses... uh, KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on 1041 in Lake Charles, streaming everywhere. And I mean everywhere. 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you're in the Acadiana area and you want to put a face to this voice, you can. We're simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines. Well, the most important headline, it's the King's Day, and that means king cakes are out. And I've already had my slice of my favorite. Being a native New Orleanian, uh, Randazzo's is mine. Traditional. I love the icing. It's just delectably delicious so i hope you're all out and about getting your king cakes on as we are in the beginning now of the mardi gras season laissez les bon temps roulette uh, lsu's had some really good basketball teams through the years uh, but none have started better than this year's tigers under the leadership of kim mulkey uh, last night they started off slowly against Honestly, the worst Texas A&M basketball team I've ever seen. But they didn't stay that way very long, and they did what they were supposed to do. They dominated the Aggies 74-34, to improving to 15-0, and matching the start of the 2002-2003 team um, when that team also began 15-0. and Angel Reese, (laughs) wow, Um, 15 games in, 15 double-doubles, broke LSU's women's single-game record last night with 28 rebounds. She also led the team with 26 points and threw up a prayer uh, near half-court to end the first half that was answered. Yes, indeed, Um, answered. Wow, it was uh, it was quite a night. Uh, talked to Kim Mulkey today. She's in the film room right now, getting ready for the next game. She said, "Yeah, we are talented, we are good, but we got a lot improving to do because we're not a championship level team yet." So, take it for what it's worth. Uh, they'll try to keep it going and get a program best sixteen and zero start Sunday when they travel to Lexington and take on the Kentucky Wildcats about three times a year. The, the women's basketball team at Kentucky will go play outside of Memorial Coliseum. They'll go play at Rupp arena. 
LSU will be that team that they will play against Sunday, 1 o'clock. There you go. The men's team returns to action tomorrow, 5 p.m. against Texas A&M. So there you have that. Uh, We thought LSU's offensive line would return everyone on the football side of things, but that's not the case anymore. As LSU offensive lineman Anthony Bradford declared for the 2023 NFL draft after breaking into the lineup with 12 starts this season. He's a redshirt junior. He announced his decision today in an Instagram post. Um, He signed as a four-star recruit for Michigan, a backup for two years. He started five times as a redshirt sophomore, didn't appear in the final month of the 21 regular season and missed spring practice. Once he returned, he uh, earned a key role as a six foot five, 345 pound guard that started the final 10 games of the season. So the whole offensive line starting offensive line won't be back, but lots of options to replace Bradford. Remember Garrett Dellinger, Started five games before injury sidelined him in the middle of the season. He could slide into that spot. They could consider moving true freshman right tackle Emory Jones inside. Try five-star freshman Zaylance Hurd at right tackle. Left guard Miles Frazier has also played multiple positions on the offensive line. They've got Will Campbell back, center Charles Turner back, Frazier, Jones, Dellinger. They signed four offensive linemen to the 23 class, so they ought to be in pretty darn good shape. Ragin' Cajuns, Kentrell Garnett, and Themis Folks each posted career highs in scoring, combining to go 14 for 19 from the field, and the Cajuns opened the game with a 14-4 run, never trailed, and earning a 75-61 Sunbelt Conference win over Southern Miss last night at the Cajun Dome. Bob Marlin's top three scorers, Jordan Brown, Greg Williams Jr., and Terrence Lewis II, were held to a combined eight for 24 from the field. So Garnett and Folks picked up the slack. The Cajuns are now 11 and four overall, one and two in the Sun Belt. The win snapped a three game losing streak, which included a pair of close Sun Belt Conference setbacks on the road at Coastal Carolina and at Old Dominion. Gar- Garnett set career highs in points 20, three pointers six, while Folks, the Sun Belt Conference leader, fifth in the nation in assists entering the game, added a career best 17 points on seven of nine shooting (coughs) excuse me uh not bad at all for the cajuns who needed that game desperately they'll close out their two go two game homestand saturday when they entertain defending sunbelt conference champion georgia state seven o'clock inside the cajun dome georgia state not what they would lay lost a lot of players they're eight and seven overall one and two matching um the Cajuns in the Sun Belt Conference. So another important game. You got to win games at home. You heard in the two-minute drill um, the good news concerning um, DeMar Hamlin. His breathing tube has been removed, and he's begun talking with his care team, with his family, and his teammates. Um The breathing tube was removed overnight per the physicians at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center in a statement via the bills. And he continues to, quote, progress remarkably in his recovery before they took the tube out and he woke up 
um, the first thing that he wrote or uh, or communicated to the doctors was, did we win? Man, that made me stop right then and there. Um, wow. Wow. Uh, the Bills will play a home game against the New England Patriots on Sunday. Um, the NFL and Bills asked merchandise partner Fanatics to produce 150 T-shirts for each home team that say love for DeMar. The shirts will be shared with the visiting teams to wear during all pregame warmups on Sunday. So that's great news for him. And it's great news for uh, the Bills uh, who get ready to host New England and the possibility of a um, number one seed uh, is still in the balance. The NFL has okayed. Look, they're not going to play the game. They're not going to resume it, period. It's over. It's done. It's a no contest. Uh, But NFL owners have approved a plan that leaves open the possibility of a neutral site AFC championship game and could determine home field advantage for a wild card game between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Baltimore Ravens by a coin flip. Yeah, by a coin flip. A lot of things, a lot of scenarios. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna waste your time by saying, but a lot of if this happens, this could happen. If this happens, this will happen. Uh it's a lot of ifs out there. We will uh know much, much more pending the outcomes of these games starting Saturday, two games on Saturday and the rest on Sunday. Um, so I think the Bills are showing a sign of relief that um that their their comrade their friend their teammate is okay and i think they're going to be ready to go play some football i really do um on the guest list today uh, we'll talk with al salas at about 2 30. uh we'll talk about the saints and the carolina panthers uh with this uh game that you know every game has meaning it may not mean anything to the rest of the league but i promise you it means a lot to the saints it means a lot to the saints fans it means a lot to the saints organization uh, eight and nine is an awful lot better than seven and ten. A very uh, important game. Carolina, on the other hand, uh, they're traveling. They're on the road. Every team wants to end the season by winning their last game. Only one can truly win the last game, and that will be the Super Bowl champion. But all those teams that aren't in the playoffs, this last game's significant, and we'll find out who who's in it and who's got their bags packed and ready to go to Cabo. Plain and simple. So Al Salas will join us. Blake Topmeyer from the USA Today Network will join us at 3 o'clock. And we'll talk about the national championship game that's coming up Monday night, Georgia versus TCU. Spread opened up 14 and a half. It's down now to 12 and a half in favor of the dogs over the frogs. So we'll talk to Blake about that. George Faust, it's another Friday with Faust edition here on the program. And um, as always on a Friday, uh, James Mesh, myself, and our good buddy George Becknell will join us and we'll make some picks, including tonight's big matchup on the hardwood between the Pelicans and the Brooklyn Nets. Yes, indeed. Um, before we go to break, didn't uh, if you didn't get what you wanted from Santa, 
No worries. We have the gifts you really want in the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. As a member of our rewards club, you'll have the opportunity to score excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort. We also now have $40 gift cards to Misfits Dine and Drink in Broussard and a $50 gift certificate to Richard Seafood food patio in Abbeville. But you can only score these prizes by becoming a member of the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. So go sign up today. Those are your headlines of the day. Much, much more to come. It's a Friday edition of the Jordy Helper Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champs, the Houston Astros. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update, presented by Tibbs Trailers here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Well, there was no way. There was no way that... um, Northwestern State was coming into Lake Charles to beat McNeese in a hoops game on Thursday night. There was no way. No way. Despite the fact that the Demons led the conference in three-point shots a game. uh, Despite all that, they weren't going to let this happen on Joe Dumar's night. Are you kidding me? It wasn't going to happen. Season-high crowd of over 3,300 inside the Legacy Center. Saw McNeese take care of business, 92-77, to and make Joe a little proud. Yes, indeed. It was a win. The win was the second in as many league outings for McNeese, who's 5-10 overall. A lot of those games, money games. But they're 2-0 in the Southland Conference. The Demons, 8-7 overall, but 0-2 in league play. They lost for their fifth consecutive time, and it was McNeese's fourth straight win in the series um, against Northwestern State. So there was no way that was going to happen. McNeese uh, never looked back, and a great win. A great win. No question about it. Can the Pelicans get a win tonight? Uh, They face the Brooklyn Nets, who arguably one of the hottest teams, if not the hottest team, in the NBA. They won 12 straight. Had that snap the other night, uh, and now they're trying to get another streak started. And, of course, we all know uh, about Brooklyn. We all know about the talent that they have on the court. There's no question about that with Durant and Irving and Simmons and company. uh, They're okay. They're okay. Now, can we please, NOPD, Can we please do something about all these car break-ins? Man, I'll tell you, you go down to that city, you park in parking lots. Uh, Whenever I go, I always park in the Superdome parking lot under that building. And it's it's got police all over the place looking around. Um, You park in those empty parking lots? Around the city, you know, maybe maybe uh, a half a mile from the arena, whatever. Man, you, shoot, they're break-ins all the time. It's ridiculous. I'm, I'm saddened. I'm saddened. Uh, 
Um, but now, thanks to the Pels and the Saints uh, having them sit down. I don't know why you have to have a sit down meeting with us, but it should be their job. But uh, New Orleans Police Department is going to con- patrol hot spots for burglaries near Caesar Superdome and the Smoothie King Center. Go, go play, you know, whatever you got to do, plain clothes in uniform, whatever, but this this has to stop. It's getting a bad, giving a bad reputation to the city, and the city's trying to attract Final Fours, trying to attract Super Bowls. That ain't going to happen if this keeps popping up and being in the news. Anyway, uh, that's got to get under control. Um, the Pels can control what they can control, and tonight they'll try and control the Brooklyn Nets. Um, so... Once again, no Zion, no Brandon Ingram, no Larry Nance Jr., uh, none of that stuff. Now, they beat Houston and controlled from tip to finish in that game, but they're four-and-a-half-point underdogs against Brooklyn. Um, so can they muster it up one more time? Can the depth, can, can players step? You can't, you can't stop. Brooklyn, you're going to have to match them bucket for bucket, and hopefully um, they don't have a good shooting night overall. So that's all you can do. They got too many talented, skillful players, and he'll have to get energy. So Jose Alvarado is going to have to provide that spark and get the fans into it. It'll be a packed house um, because of the team that's coming into the building. And can that crowd spur this team on again? Undersized, undermanned. Um, they certainly don't have the scoring prowess that they would have if they had all their all their players around. And I said it before; I'll say it again. Um, I have uh, I, I have, have flip flopped on this. I I'll readily admit it. At one point, I was like, "Yeah, go go get somebody else that can improve your team." Then I said, "No, you know what? They're really on a roll. The chemistry's really good." You bring somebody else in, it may it may take away from that. It may not be the same. And then Zion goes down after Ingram goes down. And so we haven't had our team, in the, the Pels team, intact hardly at all this season. Hardly at all. I think this team is capable of going a long way, not only during the regular season, but most importantly in the playoffs. I don't think you can take a chance anymore that you're going to Hey, we're all, we're going to have everybody healthy and together when it counts. How, how does that happen? Slim to none. And uh, slim has left the building. So I'm of the belief. This is a great opportunity. Jackson Hayes is playing a little bit better. Uh, you got some other players. You may have to put a package together and get that guy in here who could put the ball in the basket. Who's about six, seven, six, eight can hand just a good all around player. Not a superstar, but a really, really good player that you can count on game in, game out. So um, I'm a believer of that. So we'll see. Pels and the Nets tonight, last home game before the Pels go on the road for five straight. Get them while you can because it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Um, We talked about. Kim Mulkey's LSU women's basketball team uh, saw them in person twice uh, where they lack is they're an inside team. And with Angel Reese, why would you not be? Um, why would you not? 
she's got great hands. She is always around the ball, and she always makes things happen. And you can depend on her without question, without doubt. Where they lack is guard play, believe it or not. Believe it or not. Best overall player on their court is Flaugé Johnson. Um, she's really just a freshman, but she's really she's got a skill set that nobody else on that LSU women's team has. She has the potential if she listens to her coach and stays at it and continues to work, she could be another Simone Augustus. I'm not kidding you. She's got that kind of skill. She's tall. She can handle it. She can shoot it. She can pass it. Her drives to the bucket. She's that good. Everybody talks about her rapping and all that stuff, and I, I've never heard a rap. Whatever. That's great. But on the court, she's really good. She's really good. Uh, the key to this team is Alexis Morris at point guard. If she can play well uh, and get this team to to get up and down the floor, take good shots, they'll, they'll be okay. They're not a good three-point shooting team. Um, they're just not. They were four for 14 last night. At least they understand that. Uh, unlike Texas A&M, who kept shooting it and shooting and shooting it, they were only two of 22. I mean, after a while, coach, please stop. That's the worst Texas A&M team. It only had seven players. Everybody else is injured or sick, or whatever. Uh, it was awful. They were they were awful. But LSU took care of business and did what they had to do, despite the the very slow start uh, in the ball game. You know, women's basketball. They unlike men. I don't know why this is the case, but um, you know, they play four ten minute quarters. Um, the NBA four. 12-minute quarters, high school basketball, four, eight-minute quarters. The men is the only group with, that do two 20-minute halves. I don't know who set the rules and did all that. I, I, I have no idea. Can we just get uniformed? Anyway, first quarter, it was like watching paint dry. LSU, eight, Texas A&M, six. Woo! It was bad. But LSU took care of business. They scored 26 in the second, held uh, – held a uh, 34 to 12 advantage and never ever ever looked back. So 15 and 0, chance to go 16 and 0 the first time in program history they could do that. And Angel Reese, you were terrific um with 26 points and 28 rebounds, 12 of which were on the offensive end. Um she was good. She's good. You don't have the all-time record though, my buddy, my teammate Rudy Macklin has that record. You needed four more to tie him. 32 rebounds. Um, so anyway, it's it's a remarkable feat by both of those uh both of those players. So uh Kim's got a good and I always ask the question and I ask it again. Uh LSU's got four dynamic coaches. They they really, really do. Brian Kelly in football, Jake Johnson in baseball, uh Matt McMahon in men's basketball, Kim Mulkey in women's basketball. Who's gonna be the first to win? I think they're going to win. Somebody's going to win a national championship. <laughs> Excuse me. Somebody's going to win one. Um, I don't know who, but they all they all have a chance. I think the toughest one to win is men's basketball. Followed really closely by football. Really closely. I think baseball, because you don't have that, uh, you lose one, you're out. 
type of scenario. You lose one, you can bounce back. I think they have a chance. And I just don't think there's that many, although there are much more now than there have been in the past. I just don't think there are that many really good women's college basketball teams. So I think women, I think Kim Mulkey's squad has a chance to be, to win it first. Um, followed by baseball, followed by football, followed by men's basketball. That's just a, just a thought. Just a thought. Um, we shall see. Time, time will tell. Uh, let's see here. I talked about King Cake season started. Mardi Gras is around the corner, so get, get it started the right way. How about a real fun run? Trail. T-R-A-I-L presents the Lundy Graw Barathon Monday, February 20th. It's four miles through Freetown, just south of the parade route. Wear a costume, enjoy free drinks throughout the course, served at the adult hydration station. A party bus will follow close behind so runners can jump aboard at any time. Run all, run some, run none. The audience will vote for the winner of the costume contest, so bring your loudest, craziest friends. It's the Lundy Graw Barathon. Free drinks, food, and prizes. Register now, latrail.org. We talked hoops. Let's talk a little football, Saint style. Al Salas will join us when we return. This is the Jordy Helpert Show. We're on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. You're home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champs, the Houston Astros. Jordy Holtberg is known far and wide as the Blonde Bomber. For the perfectly feathered golden mane he rocked back in the day at LSU. Just let your The hair may not be as golden or as long, but Jordy is still making a name for himself. Back to more of the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Hi, welcome back. Um, Friday, January 6th, the good news um, of Damar Hamlin. Uh, No more breathing tube. He's able to communicate. He spoke to his teammates via Zoom. That's great news. Week 18 moves on. The final uh, week of the regular season prior to the playoffs, the Saints will close things out Sunday against the Carolina Panthers. So our good friend from Canal Street Chronicles, Al Salas, joins us. Happy New Year, my friend. How you doing? Hey, Happy New Year, Jordy. Great to be on. I'm uh, currently on a little trip with the wife in Colorado, so uh, it's oh. fun. But the say the Saints are never, never too far. It seems like. Wow, how much snow are you seeing out there? Quite a bit, actually. We uh, <laughs> quite a bit. It's a fun. We went out for a walk earlier. Threw some snowballs around, and uh, you know, it's it's, it's nice. Out. It's beautiful out here, man. Beautiful oh, weather in Colorado. I love it. If you see Kevin Costner in the cast of Yellowstone, let me know, okay? And just uh, take a picture with him, big guy. Um, All right, so uh, a game that many people around the league could care less about, but it's it's really important for uh, the Saints. Um, Man, 8-9 sounds a heck of a lot better than 7-10 heading into the offseason. Right, and, you know, especially when you consider kind of the way you know, this year has gone for the Saints, ultimately disappointing, kind of in, in no matter what way you look at. You know, obviously they had the big meltdown uh, on Monday night against Tampa, which ultimately pretty much costed them the chance of the postseason. But yeah. you, you've been on a nice streak here. You know, you play some gritty, tough football, you know, good, great defense, and, you know, 
smart offense. And if you can end the year winning four in a row, I think that will uh, kind of bind well for Dennis Allen and, and, see, and how this team responds to Dennis Allen uh, going forward. Yeah, he hadn't lost the locker room. They, they, I mean, their defense has played terrific the last two outings. I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. If you had told me the Saints were going to go to Cleveland and win and then go to Philadelphia and win, I'd have said, you're crazy. I'd have bet the house against that. Thank goodness I don't bet. Um, but he hasn't lost the locker room. So all I think all that talk about, ooh, Sean Payton coming back to New Orleans, that, I think that's a moot point, don't you? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I know certainly, you know, when the speculation started about Peyton possibly returning to New Orleans, bringing Fangio, and then possibly uh, bringing Tom Brady was a nice, you know, fun what-if scenario. But ultimately, right. I think the way the ownership and kind of the, the, the trust is built with uh, Gale and, and Mickey Loomis, if they they trust Dennis Allen, you know, that's, that was Sean Payton's guy here for the longest. Sean Payton vouched for him to get the job and trust him. Um, and ultimately, I, I thought beforehand, all, before all these rumors, I thought they were going to give Dennis Allen at least one more year, no matter what. And I mean, again, if you could end the year winning four in a row, two on the road, uh, one in pretty awful conditions being Cleveland, uh, I mean, you know, if this team just upgrades a couple of positions and maybe takes a look at some OCs available, then hey, who knows next year? But that's mm-hmm. next year, right now, in the year of four in a row, uh, that's, that, that, you can't ask for much more than that. Uh, Al Salas with us vacationing, kind enough to uh, to take some time out for us. I can't thank you enough. Um, it was a it was a head scratcher when Carolina decided to retain Matt Rule after that disastrous twenty one season, um, and it kind of seemed like they were destined to do it again. Steve Wilkes comes in; he's uh, he got wins out of that roster. I guess the big question is: this NFC South used to be with with. Um, Tom Brady with Drew Brees with uh, the quarterbacks were good next year. My God, I mean, who's going to get a quarterback first Carolina uh, Tom Brady's going to leave Tampa Bay. Are they going to get one? The saints. I mean, it's a quarterback depleted division. I think. Yeah. And I think, you know, in particular with Carolina, for example, that's a great young roster full of uh, tremendous young talent Um so Carolina, to me, will probably be one of the most attractive teams in the offseason because of the division. The conference at that, too, the NFC in general, kind of took a big hit uh, as far as, you know, you know, being competitive. But I think you look at Atlanta, you know, Mariota's a free agent. They have Desmond uh, Ritter, and we'll see what happens there. Uh, Carolina, New Orleans, and Tampa, it's a bunch of big old question marks. You know, could a, uh, you know, could a Jared Goff be on the move in Detroit? You look at the free agents, Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, Tom Brady, obviously. We'll see what happens with him. Uh, Derek Carr, you know, who, you know, obviously has set out the last two weeks and, you know, it looks pretty apparent they're going to trade him. Uh, even Zach Wilson, you know, former top three pick, uh, really hasn't panned out in New York. You know, he might be looking for a change of scenery. So there's a lot of options on the quarterback market. Maybe not as luxurious as last year where the, the, the top was Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, but it's still a very good class. You know, I think if any one of these teams can land a veteran quarterback, whether through trade or free agency, um, then I think that team certainly would be the favorite right now, just kind of given the shape of the division. Do you think the Panthers would seriously entertain, or do you think the Saints would seriously entertain the thought of the Panthers seeking Sean Payton as their head coach? They can get the, they can get a lot for him, but he's in your division now. 
Right. That's a great question, Jordy. I think uh, Nick Underhill tweeted it out a couple weeks ago um, that New Orleans certainly will welcome Carolina into the chat room to talk about Sean Payton. And I think, uh, you know, I think if given the right trade package, I think New Orleans, you know, might just do that. I think Carolina, you're looking at that's going to be a, a top 10-ish, top, you know, 13, 14 pick, depending how the rest of these games go Sunday. So that's going to be a top 15 pick at the most. Um, and who knows what else you, what else you got on top of that. I mentioned they have a very good young roster. Maybe you can pluck some one of the younger guys, uh, a guy in particular, maybe a Derek Brown, who wouldn't be part of the new regime. He's a big interior defensive tackle. takes up a lot of space. That's something the Saints have lacked um, really quite often in a while. I think this year you saw the run, teams ran the ball right up the middle and exposed the Saints' uh, weakness at the defensive tackle position. So if you can net, you know, a one and maybe a, a four or five and Derek Brown for Sean Payton. If I'm New Orleans, I consider that seriously because realistically we just don't know what the the market is for Sean Payton because we just quite honestly haven't seen this happen in the NFL. I know people look at the Gruden uh, trade as kind of the baseline, but I just don't know if, if a head coach is worth two ones and two twos, you know, nowadays. Right. So it's going to be an interesting situation to see how all this plays out. I'm with you. Uh, Al Salas, Canal Street Chronicles. Uh, it's all about uh, who who wants to play in this game, who shows up. I think the Saints are going to try and attack the Panthers over the top um, and throw the ball a lot. I think Carolina wants to do one thing and one thing only. They want to run it and run it and try and run it straight through the Saints defense. So whoever gets a hot start, right, I think that's the team that uh, goes on and wins this thing because how does Carolina bounce back from – well, there's only one way. They bounced back from that hangover. They had the game won. They were up 21. They let it slip away. But, man, they have made it publicly known that they are all about uh, wanting to retain Wilkes as their head coach. If they play hard and play well and maybe win, that would certainly be a feather in Wilkes' cap. Uh, if they don't and they don't show up, well, that's uh, that takes that feather right out of the window. So um, I'm curious to see how these teams um, react to this situation. Right, George. I think, you know, you look at New Orleans on the one hand, I think, uh, you know, that's a very, you know, this Dennis Allen staff is very familiar with these players. They've been together for some of them, you know, since, you know, the last three or four years, it feels like. And I think this is a team that, you know, we kind of, you know, you know, talk about continuity, culture, locker room, and we kind of roll our eyes at that, especially this year when you talk about the reasons why Dennis Allen was kept. But at the same time, that's the same reason these players, you know, despite being eliminated from the playoffs, despite kind of the very rough year they've had, the Saints have been resilient and, you know, in pretty much most of these games. So they haven't quit. They haven't showed – you know, they've rolled over and called it quits. You know, I think you look at Carolina, you know, they fired Matt Rule, they move on from Baker Mayfield, you know, in comes Sam Darnold, who quite honestly was off to a very nice start when he since he's returned from injury and Steve Wilkes, a guy who uh, you know, say what you want, maybe didn't get a fair shot as a head coach in Arizona because of the situation that was there with, you know, that ownership group. Um mm-hmm. And that's a team that's fought very well. They trade Christian McCaffrey, and yet with Deontay Foreman, they're, they're a top ten rushing team since McCaffrey left. Right. Um, two teams of the same coin. I think quite honestly, they're playing for their head coaches, and I think um, no matter what happens Sunday, I think Wilkes certainly has earned some consideration to be retained. I think he's done a very great job with that young team, and I kind of wonder 
with an offseason kind of maybe with a more established quarterback, you know, Carolina could be a team next year. But the, the same could easily be said about New Orleans if they can find their quarterback and maybe pair him with the OC that fits. You know, maybe it's, you know, whoever. But two teams of the same coin, I feel like. I'm with you. Um, Al Salas, Canal Street Chronicles. Who, uh, who's the MVP of this team on defense and on offense this year? Is there one? <laughs> I think uh, certainly one guy for MVP, obviously, you know, uh, Chris Olave on the offensive side of the ball. I think this is a kid who's going to top 1,000 yards. He could easily finish. He's going to finish with a top three season as far as fancy rookie wide receivers go. Only Marcus Colson and Michael Thomas have had better numbers, and he could pass uh, Colson easily as the, as the best. But uh, that's the guy who has certainly been the focal point of this offense, especially given you know the injuries to Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry. He's been yeah. asked to step up and play a lot more wide receiver one. And I feel like given you know the way Andy Dalton plays quarterback, which obviously we know is kind of more conservative. You know he doesn't take a whole lot of risk at balls. Um, Oh, obviously, we made the most of it. And I think defensively, it might be tomorrow, Davis, man. I think, you know, he's made the Pro Bowl for the first time this year. Okay. Deservedly so. He's been, uh, you know, team leader in tackles. You know, despite all the things that have gone wrong, he's been the focal. He's been the heartbeat of that defense. You know, the community of the team as well. Um, he's got to appreciate DeMario because, I mean, he's getting up there in age and he's more towards the end of his career than the beginning. But it's always fun watching DeMario Davis play football. Are there a lot of changes with this club, uh, particularly with the coaching staff? Does Dennis Allen, you think, keep the status quo? Um, everybody keeps talking about Pete Carmichael being the sacrificial lamb. I'm not so sure. What do you think? It, it's a great question, uh, Jordy. Uh, you know, especially when you, when you consider when Sean Payton retired and there were reports coming out that Pete, Mark, Pete Carmichael excuse me, did not want the offensive coordinator job. Um, but then it looked like the Saints maybe kind of told them, hey, you know, you're already here, you know, the offense, the players here are mostly the same since, so you could probably just run it. And, uh, you know, say what you want, the offense has not been stable this year, nor consistent would be the words I would use. Um, I certainly do think if, say, if they go up there and trade for a Derek Carr, and reunite Carr and Dennis Allen together, then I think you would certainly have to bring in somebody else to, you know, fit Derek Carr's game, fit what Derek Carr likes to do, and kind of be on the same page. But I feel like with almost any quarterback, you want that. Um, so I just don't know. It's going to be interesting to see yeah. what uh, what happens. Yeah, I think the defensive staff is pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, kind of underrated storyline has been the co-coordinator position between Ryan Neeson and Chris Richard. It's worked out pretty well, all things considered. You know, it's an yeah. underrated thing. I think this year is the co-defensive coordinator. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see. Um, all right, push comes to shove. Tell me why I should go to the Dome Sunday at 12 noon and who wins this uh, <laughs> this thing? <laughs> it's, a great, it's a great thing. I think, you know, no, no matter what um, – it's always fun to the dome, you know, especially a season finale game. A season finale right. game against the division rival. Both teams really don't have a whole lot to play for besides pride and bragging rights within the division. And I think that's always something to see. And I think again, I think both these teams like their coaches right now and are willing to play for them. Um, but I think it should make it a fun game, no matter what, uh, no matter what happens. 
don't you think, all right, so the Saints, public enemy number one uh, are the Falcons. Close behind it, though, simply because of the Mike Evans, Marshawn Lattimore situation, Tampa Bay's really close now. I guess Carolina's kind of the third in line as far as Saints and hatred and vitriol and all that's concerned. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, Carolina, there's no real beef between the Panthers and the Saints, obviously. Atlanta, that's been the the long-hated rival of the New Orleans Saints. And, I mean, if you want me to be honest here, Tampa Bay really hasn't been much of a rival since, or, sorry, before Brady got here. Like, when Brady right. got here, they were winning left and right. Um, you know, they knock up, you know, they knock up the Saints and Breezes in the farewell season. And, uh, you know, we know how that went. But Carolina, they're kind of like, uh, what's the word? Um, they're like the, the middle child in the sense of, you know, they're here, we see them. We acknowledge okay. them, but, you know, hey, Action. It's, it's good to see them. That's fair. All right, look, go slosh through the snow, uh, throw snowballs, uh, go skiing. Uh, they say that you're supposed to say break a leg, which is supposed to bring you good luck. So if that doesn't, please don't hold it against me. But y'all have fun and enjoy um, enjoy paradise in Colorado, man. And thank you for taking some time. Please apologize to your, your wife um, and family, and uh, but thank you. Man, no worries, Jordy. I always make time for you guys with the game. It's always a pleasure to do it with you guys. And uh, we'll I'll, we'll have fun for you. And if I catch the Yellowstone crew out here, I'll ask them to get a cameo for us in it. Okay. You got it, buddy. Thank you. That is uh, Alf Salas of Canal Street Chronicles. Now that you scored an Amazon Alexa or Google Home smart speaker for Christmas, you can now use it to listen to the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Just ask your Alexa or Google Home to play the game Southwest Louisiana. It's that easy. So do the smart thing and have the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles with you at your office, at your home. How about everywhere you go hey alexa play the game southwest louisiana i have one in here it's going to i have to shut it down i, I gotta go to break right now the jordy helper show on the game 1037 lafayette and 1041 lake charles alexa and the game make a great team do yourself a favor and enable the alexa skill the game southwest louisiana so you can keep it locked in to the game 1037 lafayette and 1041 lake charles wherever you go Oh, welcome back as we wrap up our number one. You know, I was thinking about the impact of uh, DeMar Hamlin's injury. Um, and it's been incredible to everybody. Um, whether you're a football fan or not, it, it made it went from a sporting event to a news event, life and death event. Um, it brought out, I think, the best in all of us. I really do. It, uh, I, I see in a troubled world with so many things that, that we always talk about the bad things that are happening. Um, I saw so much kindness. I saw so much sympathy. I saw so much compassion and it's kind of amazing uh, to witness how we all collectively in our own way, turned to God. We really did. Um, we were concerned whether you don't know Demar Hamlin, but you have a son maybe that plays in football, or you have a, a, a something that's happened, a, a car accident, or whatever, a sickness, whatever. And we all, in our own way, turned to God. We were hurt, we were lost, and we 
always turn immediately to him. Think about that. It's uh, it's a shame that it's like family members that you haven't seen in so long. You see them at the at the the loss of a loved one at the death. You see them at a funeral. Um, bad things bring us together. And we become the best of us during those things. Boy, I'd love to see it flip around. When things are going good, we still we still depend on God. We still depend on one another. We say nice things to one another. We we call a loved one. How are you doing? How have you been? Tell me what's going on. Um, just a thought. It's been it's been an amazing week since a football game with a tragic life or death situation what it's done to everyone it's kind of remarkable um our number two coming up blake topmeyer will will go back to the games we'll we'll discuss the national championship game monday between georgia and tcu george faust will join us another friday with faust who knows where that will go and then uh the trio will make their weekly picks so stick around. Hour number two straight ahead here on the Jordy Helpert Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros. Live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. It's our number two of two, and away we go. We've got uh, lots on tap in this hour. Uh, we'll talk with George Faust from KLFY. We'll do some picks. And uh, in just a minute, we'll talk with our good friend Blake Topmeyer from USA Today. We'll talk about the national championship game between TCU and Georgia on Monday night. LSU Gymnastics, always highly regarded, one of the best in the country, gets their season underway tonight. They're on the road against uh, Utah. Um, one of the better, uh, again, one of the better teams in, in women's gymnastics. Uh, a disappointing season a year ago, but they're ranked number six in the preseason polls this year. So we'll see what can happen. The big story yesterday, uh, LSU women's basketball wins their 15th straight in 15 attempts, tying the uh, all-time win streak to open up a season since the 2002-2003 campaign. Uh, they'll try and get to 16-0 Sunday against um, Kentucky in Kentucky. The Pels tonight take on the the Brooklyn Nets. Um, under, undermanned, without Zion, without Brandon Ingram, without Larry Nance Jr. going up against the high-scoring machine that, that won 12 in a row before getting that streak snapped the other day. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and company in the Smoothie King Center tonight. Uh, but Monday night is the final college football game, so Georgia versus TCU. Let's get the lowdown with our good friend who follows the SEC for the USA Today Network, our good friend, Mr. Blake Topmeyer. Happy New Year, Blake. How you been, buddy? I'm doing well. You, Jordy? I'm doing terrific. I'm doing terrific. Um, before we get to the national championship, maybe i got to get your thoughts on the, the high-risk, possible high-reward hiring uh, Jimbo Fisher bringing in Bobby Petrino to take off over the offense at Texas A&M. Well, I think you nailed it. It's high risk, high reward, or, or, or maybe 
high reward and uh, I, I don't know how high risk it is because we've already seen how bad Texas A&M uh, can be. I don't know that it can be much worse. I think if they were uh-huh. functioning at a higher level, uh, then I'd say, yeah, high risk, high reward. But I, I, I guess I, I sort of, I think to your point, I, I kind of have a, a foot in each camp here. I, I've seen a lot of negativity online toward this hire. I mean, that's what social media is for, right? Right, sure. negativity, but um, I don't know. I'm not really in that place, and, and, and here's why. I think if Jimbo is going to bother hiring an offensive coordinator, which obviously his hand was forced, and so he, he has to hire an offensive coordinator, if you're going to bother to do that, you might as well hire someone who you might actually listen to, right? I mean, we all know mm-hmm. Jimbo Fisher has a humongous ego, um, right. and he's, he, he, there's a lot of people out there he could just push over, um, treat him as a lackey, and he's not going to listen to him. He's, he's going he's gonna to crush him. He's going to roll over him. Bobby Petrino's not going to do that. He's not going to lay down for you. He's going to tell you what he thinks. He's going to have some say, or if he doesn't like it, he'll just quit. We've seen him do that. Um, <laughs> and right. so in that, in that regard, I say at least Jimbo hired someone who has a track record for good offensive football, who's got the experience, and is a bit of a contemporary with Jimbo, that I think there's a chance that, that Jimbo Fisher might actually listen to Bobby Petrino, might respect him enough um, to get his hands on that offense and to, and to try to have a positive impact. So, so in that regard, I say, yeah, I like this better than Jimbo hiring someone he would have just been able to steamroll. Will it work? I don't know. I mean, I think yeah. all these, these things are kind of a roll of the dice. I don't know that Bobby Petrino is like one of the most cutting-edge minds in college football at this point, but I do think he's got a track record, and I do think he's evolved enough with the game that it does have a chance to have a positive impact for him. I really look at it this way, Blake. Uh, uh, <laughs> Jimbo Fisher's got eighty-something million dollars in his back pocket. Okay, he, he, yes, does. he does. So he really does. So he can do whatever he wants, and then the heck with what people think. People always think about uh, leaving the Falcons. They think of motorcycle rides at Arkansas. Jimbo Fisher, don't, if it doesn't work, pay me. But I got to hire That's somebody, right. so let me hire this guy. And y'all can talk about all the negativity you want. I, I, I go ahead, knock your socks off. That's that's how I feel. And and the thing is, if if Bobby Petrino did not have um, some of the the off the field issues that he's had in his past, if if he didn't leave Louisville in the way he did, in which the team right. basically quit on him, and then he quits on Louisville and a whole bit, um, if he didn't have all that, and you just looked at his resume. I think you'd probably say, yeah, this is this is a solid hire. Uh, right. now he's obviously a cantankerous personality. Um, I don't know that at this juncture of his career you want him atop an SEC program. But as your number two guy, as your man in charge of the offense, X's and O's, again, I, I think you could have hired a much worse option than, than Bobby Petrino. I, I, I don't hate this hire. Will it work? Uh, who knows? I think that part of that comes down to um, – you know, Texas A&M have the right guys in the right place, and Jimbo actually right. listening uh, to his offensive coordinator that he now has. And, and again, I think there's a chance he will listen to Bobby Petrino in a way he maybe wouldn't have guys that, that he doesn't have that respect for. Yeah, Bill, Bill Parcell struggling without Tom Brady. You got a good quarterback. It makes everybody right. look good. We shall see. Um, uh, national championship game Monday. I've always said these games are always won by how your offensive and defensive lines hold up. TCU really impressed me uh, in their uh, answering all the questions about the, that physicality up front. Man, they were 
they 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 handled Michigan, right? So that that's one question I had about having to play against Georgia, who you know is going to be good up front. When you look at this matchup, what stands out to you? Yeah, you're right. I mean, I think there's this idea that all of a sudden TCU is going to wilt facing the physicality of an SEC team, but um, you're right. I mean, Michigan had that calling card all season. It wasn't like Michigan was razzle-dazzle. Michigan was, was playing an SEC brand of ball, uh, a prototypical SEC brand of ball in, in, in the Big Ten, and, and TCU hung 51 points on them. I think TCU can score. They have playmakers on the perimeter. Um, they've got a, a quarterback every bit as gritty as Stetson Bennett. I, I think they can score, and I think we've seen – Georgia's defense get exposed a little bit in the last couple weeks. I don't know whether it's just getting gassed as the season progresses, whether it's the competition ramping up against LSU and and, and Ohio State, or, or whether just the reality is that while this is still a, a, a very good Georgia defense, maybe there's a bigger gap between last year's defense and this year's defense than what was immediately apparent. So I think TCU can put up some points. I really like Georgia's offense, though, right now. I think it's been a unit that for the past two seasons maybe hasn't gotten all the praise it's deserved because so much acclaim goes to the defense. The Kirby right. Smart tire of Todd Monken really transformed Georgia's offense. Um, he, he developed Stetson Bennett. they got playmakers everywhere. Uh, Kenny McIntosh is, is an overlooked guy in the backfield. I think he's, mm-hmm. he's solid. The offensive line's solid. Um, you know, I mean, they, they, they don't have that one 1,500-yard receiver, but it's because Stephen Bennett can go in so many different directions with it. And I just don't think TCU can stop Georgia when Georgia's got the ball. Um, I, I look for Georgia probably to get into the 40s. Um, the, I, I think Georgia wins by about two scores. Hmm. Okay, so they cover the spread. Gotcha. Um, if Georgia, in fact, does that, Moving forward, when people say SEC football, heaven forbid, is the first word out of their mouth Georgia and not Alabama? I think it is, and I think that is – I think that's the truth, whether Georgia wins Monday night or not. I, I think in this moment we're in, Georgia has passed Alabama. Um, doesn't mean Alabama's heading toward a cliff or dark days or any of that. I mean, right. they, they just signed the number one recruiting class. They signed 15 – of the nation's top 100 prospects. I mean, that's, uh, that is a <laughs> loaded yeah. recruiting class yes. that Alabama is yeah. bringing in. However, in this moment, Georgia has passed them. They're, they're recruiting, they're developing, um, they've got good guys on their staff. They're even now adding, uh, they're cherry picking some top talent out of the, the transfer portal. Georgia's the top dogs in, in the SEC, whether they win Monday night or not. I do think that narrative will be blasted more loudly from the megaphone, though. If the, the the confetti that's falling on Monday night is is, is gotcha. red and black, you're going to hear that narrative trumpeted over and over and over. If Georgia goes back to back, even though I think that's the reality, whether they win or not, um, and I think part of the reason is, as much as the blue bloods in the sport gobble up a lot of the the national titles, and and there's really a, a only a certain handful of, of teams that we think of that can win a national title. Now TCU would be an exception, but that's the general rule. Even though that's the rule, we don't often see teams in college football go back-to-back. It's very hard to do. You have to go back to Alabama doing it with the 2011 and 2012 teams. Um, And I think before that, you got to go back to the 90s 
to, to yep. find a team that went back-to-back. So if, if Georgia goes back-to-back, especially since it would be the first back-to-back team um, since Alabama that's already putting the Alabama narrative out there, absolutely. That, that's going to be the narrative is that Georgia has passed Alabama. But I think that's a complex narrative for two reasons. As I said, I think it's already true regardless of outcome. And I think when people hear that, they think, well, it's over for Alabama and Nick Saban. It was a great run, great dynasty. Yeah. Now it's Georgia's reign. But I don't Crazy. think it's that simple. I, I think yeah. I think Alabama is going to remain, you know, in the, in the top handful of teams year after year. And I think if Nick Saban coaches, you know, another five seasons, Alabama is winning at least one more national championship. But I but one I do last, think it's, it's one it's, last it's one. Georgia's world right now. I got you. Uh, Blake Topmeyer, USA Network, with us. Uh, one last question, I'll let you go. Uh, Alabama losing their starting quarterback. Georgia losing theirs. Tennessee's lost theirs. Florida's lost theirs. LSU's got theirs coming back. He had a pretty good yeah. year. Um, you, you, you're ranking LSU pretty high next year in, 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 in this SEC chase? Yeah, absolutely I am. I, I, I've, I've written uh, thus far, I think, I think LSU – has to be the front runner in the West. If we're picking it right now, and we know, I mean, January predictions are, are full of right. anyway, and especially now with the freedom of player movement, um, free agency, and, and the like, uh, you're, you're setting yourself up to, <laughs> to be wrong, right? I but I, I think if we're casting votes today, LSU's the favorite in, in, in the West. I mean, they beat Alabama this year. They've got yeah. some studs coming back on both yeah. sides of the ball, and they have two quarterbacks right now, not one, yeah. but two quarterbacks, who are more proven in their program than anybody on Alabama's roster. Doesn't mean Alabama doesn't have talented guys, but LSU's got two guys that I think Alabama would like to, like to have. I know yeah. I would yeah. if I was yeah. Alabama's coach. Um, so, yeah, I, I, think, I think LSU should be considered the favorite in the West. Now, will they actually be when it comes to voting time in who July? Knows? I don't know. An interesting yeah. deal here. Alabama has been picked to win the West in every year since 2012. The media picked LSU to win the West that year, whereas Alabama won the West, they won the national championship, and the media said after that we're never picking anybody other than Alabama again to win the division. That's right. Um, That's right. And for the most part, they've been right. But I think yeah. heading into 2023, I like what LSU has right now. Uh, Georgia loses its quarterback, but is anybody even within a stone's throw of Georgia in the East? I don't think so. Maybe, maybe if... Uh, Maybe if Tennessee could conjure up a seventh year of eligibility for him and Hooker and convince him <laughs> yeah, not to go to the draft, maybe it could. I'm with you. Uh, but no, with, uh, I mean, Joe Milton offered some promise in the Orange Bowl. Tennessee capped a, a, a really good season. But no, with the, with the changing of the guard that's, that's going on there at, at Tennessee, um, I don't know that they can play at quite the level they were this year. I think they'll still be good. I don't know if they'll be as good as they were this year. And so, yeah, I, I think – I think Georgia's still going to have a ton of weapons next season. You're right. They do, they do have a question mark at quarterback. You know, can Carson Beck be the guy? Is it somebody else? Uh, but whoever is the guy at Georgia, I mean, what, what a situation to step into. Any, any quarterback would be fortunate. It, it, it's like the quarterback of the heyday of Nick Saban's dynasty at Alabama. You know, yeah. it, it, and that's not to say they didn't have good quarterbacks at Alabama during that time. But, man, how blessed were they to step out there and have a world-class offensive line, um, have a thousand, uh, a minimum of 1,000-yard rusher in the backfield and have, have at least one stud on the perimeter. Um, it, was, it, was a, it was a great scenario for every Alabama quarterback that rolled through there during that time, even though those quarterbacks were not, you know, were not considered 
uh, Heisman caliber quarterbacks. I think whoever wins the job at Georgia next year is going to have that situation. Uh, they're going to be surrounded uh, by yeah, just yeah. absolute talent, and, and Georgia will be the front runner again in the East. God, I, I don't know how Garrett Nussmeyer stays at LSU if if Jaden Daniels is, is gets the job again. How, how would Nussmeyer look in the Georgia uniform? Oh, I, I cringe. I cringe. But anyway, Blake Topmeyer has the Bulldogs winning by by two scores. Enjoy the ball game, buddy, and Happy New Year, and thank you so much. Okay, sounds good. Thanks. Take care. Blake Topmeyer. We'll take a quick timeout Friday with Faust when we return here to the Jordy Helper Show. There's no better way to wrap up the work week than talking with the man regarded as the king of Acadiana sports media, KLFY sports director George Faust. It's time for Fridays with Faust here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. George, happy new year, buddy. How are you? Happy New Year, doing well. You know, it's funny. I have the kids in the car with me, right? And they, you know, you know, they're always with me when they start singing the intro jingle. They 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 were singing, uh, "It's good to be royal" or whatever. <laughs> and I was like, "That's pretty." All, all three of them: the five-year-old, the nine-year-old, and the almost thirteen-year-old. Happy New Year, kids. Y'all doing okay? <laughs> Yeah, all right, y'all. Y'all are well-behaved kids, man. That's awesome. I, I that's terrific. I, don't mind your dad and I. Y'all, y'all go about your business. We're gonna talk for a few minutes. Um, uh, let's see, George. Um, big win for Bob Marlin last night. They needed it badly. Yeah, they sure did. You know, uh, being able to get that win at home and 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 really, what's impressive about the way they won that game is obviously. Uh, USM decided to focus in on Jordan Brown, right? And he only got eight mm-hmm. points. But two other guys stepped up in Themis Folks and, and uh, Kentrell Garnett. Garnett with the, the 20 points, the six three-pointers. Yeah, he, so he, he being able to knock that down, and you're going to need that because guess what? That's what people are going to do uh, and make you beat them in another way. They're not going to let Jordan beat them on a, on a nightly basis. And that, not to say he won't get his – at some point, but uh, that's that's probably going to be the norm moving forward here in the conference. Yeah, the good ones will find a way to get theirs regardless. Uh, the question is, can um, people like, uh, you know, that you mentioned, uh, can they do it, uh, Garnett and folks, can they do it on a consistent basis? That's that's the big key. But another opportunity, man, in that conference, you better win at home or you're you're doomed, man. You're, you're just you're in trouble. So they've got Georgia State coming to town, who was a defending champion, but they, they're kind of on some tough times. So a big opportunity on uh, on Saturday to get two in a row. And I think, see, like, Cajun basketball fans need to need to show out for this game because this is the this is the this is the biggest rival the Cajuns have over the Ooh. past few years with regards to uh, basketball. Anyway, so I mean, look, they're, they're the team that knocks them out of the chance to get to the tournament, and they've done so uh, a couple of times. And, and and when the Cajuns went to the tournament, I think in 2014. I uh, know it was in 2014, but uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure that uh, you know there was a situation. This team was one of those teams that they had to get by, uh, mm-hmm. and, and so there's kind of a, a rival here, and this game can be one of the one of the more exciting contests. 
and it's a Saturday night. What else are you going to do on a Saturday night? Go watch a little basketball and, and check out the Cajuns because they really do have a good team. I mean, this is this is not uh, they're not picked at the top of the league for for uh, because they they're not good. They they really right. do have a solid squad, and, and so. Yeah. Uh, a lot of good talent, a lot of exciting talent, and I said it before. Uh, I think this team is one of the more exciting teams that Bob Marlins had. Uh, it really reminds me of that 05, uh, 05 team, 04 team that got to the NCAA uh, or the uh, yeah the NCAA's uh, but had to vacate it. So, but uh, they were they were very exciting ball club. Uh, Southern Miss, a good ball club. This might be a two bid league this year. Um, we shall see, um, yeah. but. Uh, Time will tell if, if they can keep winning along the ways. It, it, time will tell. We saw where the Sun Belt Conference released home and away opponents in football for the twenty three season. You like the Cajuns' home slate within the conference: Georgia State, Southern Miss, Texas State, and ULM. I think that's pretty. I think that adds some interest to the fans with Southern Miss and ULM. I, I think that's a pretty good home slate. That, I think that's a very good home slate. In fact, I, I talked to Coach Dez about it today. Uh, he's going to be my guest on Inside Cajun Nation this Sunday night, 1035. Go. Uh, go ahead and check it out on KLFY. But, uh, yeah, he, he, he talked about how, you know, he really likes the idea of – he loves the schedule with regards to that that portion of it, the, the conference mm-hmm. portion of it. But he also – what he really likes as well is to play – the 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 non the, the teams that they are playing out of conference like Northwestern State he really right. likes playing an in state rival for that contest you you, you draw a lot of interest by playing Northwestern State you know you get the the, the 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 demon fans to come down to Cajun Field and you know when you play McNeese or, or the same idea you know or Nichols it, it, mm-hmm. you play those teams you know people come to the game. Excuse me. Come to the game, uh, and then Minnesota is a team that that's their that's their kind of uh, their money pay game. game, I guess. Yes, yes. <laughs> go, so, they're so, going to go uh, roll the boat up there in Minneapolis, and they played they played at Minnesota before uh, a couple of times. So, <clears throat> excuse me. The last time they played there, I think it was like oh four, oh five, uh, something like that, and they went up to uh, the Metrodome back in the day, and. and and uh, and I, I, I don't think they won that contest, but uh, you know, different ball club, different era of football, and uh, so it's gonna it's gonna be. I think he, Coach Des, likes the schedule uh, that's put in front of me. Look, it's a schedule designed for the Cajuns to succeed. There's no right. doubt about that. Uh, right. I, I think that there's a great opportunity for the, for them to put put uh, you know eight wins together for sure, uh, and who knows, maybe more if you can uh, you can steal a couple of. Uh, games on the road in conference. Yeah. Their non-conference schedule is very, very favorable. I'm curious. Um, yeah. You saw Des when he was hired. You just sat down with him and talked to him. He's had one year under his belt. Some highs, some lows. Is he is he more comfortable in his shoes now as a head coach? Yeah, you know, I, I asked him about that. And you know, what's funny is uh, he, he, he does seem a little bit more relaxed because he said the biggest difference – between now and what a year ago, well, a year ago he had to deal with the coaches leaving. He had to hire people. He had to, right. you know, a lot of their players left. So there was a lot of chaos off the field that it took away from him preparing the team 
uh, on the field. So uh, he said that's probably the biggest difference and what's going to make it a little – this transition from year one to year two, it's going to be a – that's, that's going to be the difference, he thinks, where, you know, he's more comfortable, knows the staff. And, he, you know, he said, you know, there's always turnover of some sort. And you kind of want that because if that's, that's the case, then your, your guys are being, uh, you know, successful and, and people want them. But at, at this stage, I mean, everybody seems to be in their place where they want to be. He knows how they work. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's an easier <laughs> focus because now you can focus on what's supposed to go on in the field, how you're going to get better on the field. Yeah. And uh, he, he had some real interesting thoughts about the transfer portal and how – their approach, his approach to, to recruiting, and, and we talk about that as well. Uh, what's that? Is he for the portal, or is he would he no, rather no, build his so team? He, he loves he, lo- he the way he answered that was he, he loves the fact that uh, you know you go get a high school kid and you 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 ride with that high school kid, you train that high school kid, you bring him along, and 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 you get if he gets to play in his sophomore year, you know he earns that spot. And then you keep on developing the player, and he, and then so he's that's how he approaches the uh, the uh, the uh, recruiting period, this early recruiting period that just happened. He said, "Look, you know, we get high school kids here. Then we go. We I think they signed 22. He said, uh, mm-hmm. so they get 22 kids, and now you go to February when you know the other signing period, signing day, and you address some specific needs." via the JUCO ranks. And, you know, it's, it's really interesting. It's a, it's a, I, I said this to him. I really think that's a breath of fresh air. He's like, you know, there's rules with, within the transfer portal that affect who you can get and how long you get them, and they got to be on your uh, – so he's like, if you go with a JUCO kid uh, in some immediate needs, you know, that can, that can help you as well, and, and that's the way he, he, he yeah. seems to approach it. And I kind of well, like the approach. I mean, it's a little different. It's not. It's not uh, transfer portal based. I mean, right. you can get some stuff in the transfer portal that'll help you quick, but uh, it's also it's it. also affecting no. college college football in a weird way. I'm with you. Not only did he lose coaches when he first got there, he lost players via the portal. He lost his quarterback via graduation. So he had a lot of things flashing in front of his eyes that he had to work with. So job well done. Unfortunately, they lost in the bowl game to Houston 23-16. But at least they got to a bowl game. Now we'll see what happens in year two. All right, tell your kids thank you. They Go buy him a, go buy him a king cake, man. It's the King's Day. King yeah. cakes are out. Yeah, go get right. him a king that's cake. Right. Right. Enjoy yeah, it. Time to put away the Christmas decorations. January sixth, man. Boom. Uh, it's time. And we'll, George we, Faust. Every Friday, man, we go take care of it, man. We go get us a, a little treat. It's, they it's, love it. They love you for it. They hate being well. back in school, but they love being with their dad. George, have a great weekend. Thank you, buddy. Thank you, Jordy. Good to talk to you. All right, man. Tune in next week to Jordy Holdberg for Fridays with Faust here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The Jordy Holdberg Show prides itself on settling for nothing less than the best. This thing has a variety of nauseating aspects to it. Jordy has the best takes, the best guests, and let's be honest. 
The best nickname. The Blonde Bomber is cool as hell. I agree. All right. Let's play ball. Back to only the best on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Ah, uh, you know what day it is, Friday. You know what time it is, 3.34. That means it's time to bring in the Amigos. Uh, James Mesh back in the, the game studios in the production chair. And my good buddy, George Becknell. George, Happy New Year, my man. What's happening? Happy New Year, Jordan. You know, same old, same old, man. Just keep moving on. How are you? My, you know what my resolution is this year? To get these darn Friday picks a little bit higher in the percentage of uh, victory. Yes, I'm tired of this 50-50 at best kind of scenario. So I'm trying to improve on that. Um, Yeah, so we shall see. All right, James, you ready, big guy? Yeah, let's get it. Let's get. Ooh, all right, all right, George. We're going to jump all over the place. Starting today, starting today, the undermanned Pelicans hosting the uber-talented Brooklyn Nets. The Nets had won 12 in a row. They got beat just the other day. Now they're trying to start another streak. Uh, the Pels, without Zion, without Brandon Ingram, without Nance, uh, they got a win over the hapless Houston Rockets. But the Pel, uh, the Nets are four-and-a-half-point favorites tonight inside the Smoothie King Center for a nationally televised ball game. What do you think? Well, Jordan, if the Pelicans want to pull this off, C.J. McCollum has got to play out of his mind. He's got to – he's got to – Didn't I say that last week that would be the key? And didn't he score like – oh, okay, yeah. I'm just saying. Go he, ahead. He hit like, what, 11 threes franchise Yeah, didn't I say something along those lines? He'd be the key to yeah. the uh, – oh, I'm just saying. Okay, go ahead. He did. So, so you know, hopefully for the Pelicans, he does it again. But it's going to be a tall order because those Brooklyn Nets are playing the way – that everybody anticipated they would yeah. when they signed Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Um, no Zion, no Brandon Ingram. It's a lot for, for the Pelicans. I, I can't go Pelicans even though my heart wants to. I think the Nets cover the spread and handle business in the smoothie case. Uh, James, you know what I know? The Brooklyn Nets are good because I hadn't heard a peep out of them. Nobody's talking about Ben Simmons. <laughs> There's no controversy Nobody's with Kyrie. About the earth is flat. Nobody, nobody's talking about these crazy – they're just playing ball. Um, what do you think, Pels Nets? Yeah, they're playing ball, and they're playing really good ball. I mean, they unfortunately lost that 12-game win streak, but, hey, they've been absolutely killing it. It's going to be at home in the Smoothie King Center where the Pels are 17-4. and four. You feel good about that, and you do expect CJ could come up with another really big night. I don't know about 11 threes, but I still <laughs> think he could come up really big. Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to be enough because – even though I think it's going to be an absolute shootout, I think the Brooklyn Nets offense is just too good. And it would definitely help if CJ gets a big night again because I have him on my fantasy team and I could really use that. <laughs> um, all right, you got the Nets. Uh, I'm with you. Uh, Durant, mm-hmm. Irving versus McCollum and who? I'll take their two over our one and a bunch of other players. Uh, I think the Pels get a taste of reality without Zion, without Ingram. Uh, Give me the Nets in this one. All right, let's switch to Saturday in the NFL. It's the late game Saturday night. Winner take all. Tennessee at Jacksonville. And without Urban Meyer, I love it, I love it, I love it. Jacksonville favored George by six and a half. Oh, they should be favored. And look, 
Dougie P, D- Doug Peterson is light years ahead of Urban Meyer as a football God, team. I love so, it. I, I'm looking. I'm looking at this Tennessee Titans roster. I feel like they should be good, but they've shown me nothing as of late to make me think they can go to Jacksonville and get this W. Trevor Lawrence has been playing well. Travis Etienne's been playing well. The Jack, they, you see a young team coming together. I think it's Jacksonville's time to win this division. Tennessee is going to get Mike Vrabel <laughs> fired for this major meltdown. Even the Jacksonville Jaguars at home in this one trevor lawrence and company all right i'm just not a fan of urban meyer i'm sorry i'm so happy uh for jacksonville's success all right james mesh who you like the titans or the jags it's really interesting because tennessee they haven't played since the past thursday so they've had extra time to prepare prepare for this game they they still won't have ryan Tannehill. they're gonna put in josh dobbs again they liked what he did he didn't do too bad Against the Cowboys, and you're going to be having play di- Tennessee. Yeah. Yes. Was he, a volunteer? Tennessee. he, he was okay. a volunteer. Yeah. That's him. Um, and they're going to get Derrick Henry back, so that's going to be really big for Tennessee. But you look at how Jacksonville has done over the last six weeks. They started two and six. They've rattled off six out uh, six out of their last eight. I'm sorry, and they've won their mm-hmm. last four. So yeah. they're absolutely riding high. I think they really ride high into this one and win the division. In the AFC Where's South. this game? At Jacksonville? Correct. Give me the Jaguars. Uh, <laughs> yeah, give me the Jags to survive in advance. I wanted to get this in before we went football uh, when we were doing the Pels and Nets game. So I'll go back to an NBA question I thought was kind of fun. Um, George, you can only start three of these four players in the All-Star game. One of them has to be benched. Who are you benching between Giannis Antetokounmpo, Kevin Durant, Joel Embiid and Jason Tatum, who you benching? <laughs> I, I mean, out of out of that, how do you figure that I, one out? I, 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 th- I, th- I think you got to bench Embiid, man. I, I I can't bench Giannis. He's only like Jason, leading the league in scoring. I mean, but I mean, Embiid. you can't bench Giannis. Giannis is a, is a Finals MVP. Okay, you know, Jason Tatum doesn't play the same position with them at all. I, I, I think and Kevin Durant is, is <laughs> Kevin Durant. He's gonna get that. He's gonna get that lifetime achievement now. Even though Embiid's playing better than him right now, he still gets the lifetime achievement award of being Kevin Durant. So it's got to be Embiid by default. Okay, uh, James Mesh, Giannis, the uh, the Slim Reaper, Embiid or Tatum. I mean, it's kind of the same thing. You're, you're not gonna bench LeBron. You wouldn't bench LeBron even though it hasn't been as great. <laughs> I'm I'm probably going to go with Embiid as well because even though Embiid is the second best center in the league, you'd probably still have him on the bench because nowadays they've kind of just gone with a three forward lineup in most uh, All Star lineups nowadays. So I, I'd probably go with Embiid as well. I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to sit uh, Durant because the other guys play <laughs> defense and nobody nobody's going to stop Embiid. That's uh, an All Star game. They don't play defense him. the first so three give quarters. Me some guys that can can defend a little bit, and I don't like Brooklyn anyway. So anyway, okay, there we go. There we go. All right. Um, another important game. I can't believe I'm saying this, but uh, Chuck Woods, Detroit Lions, uh, if they win, they need some help to get in the playoffs. Green Bay, what, what were they, like four and eight? I don't know what they were, but they're on the, on the precipice. If they win at Lambeau Field, they're in the playoffs, and the Packers are favored by four and a half over the Lions. George? 
Jordan, all my football sense is telling me Green Bay should win this game. They're playing really good football. They got Aaron Rodgers. They at home on a frozen tundra. Yeah, but but damn it, I like these Lions, Jordan. I'm a, I'm I'm going with the Lions. Dan Campbell, Hell, let's go. I'm going with Dan Campbell, Aaron Glenn, Jared Goff has been playing good football. And look, same scenario with these Jacksonville Jaguars. You got a real young team that's kind of that that's kind of making some waves in the division. They typically don't make waves in. I like the Lions. I I want give me at least another week of Dan Campbell on the sideline. All right. Give me the Lions to win in Green Bay. I like that. James, what say you? Oh, I'd absolutely love it. But uh you were talking about the Packers. They were four and eight whenever they yeah. had lost to the Eagles. It's what and I they've thought. they've rattled off four straight wins. This one's in Green Bay. Uh even though I don't want to say it, I, I think Aaron Rodgers and the Packers stay alive because even if the Lions were to win, I don't know if they get in because Seattle, well, play, Se- yeah. Seattle plays the Rams. So even then, yeah, I, I okay. lean towards Green Bay in this one. Okay. They, they've been round, um, they've been uh, hot as well. I'm done with Aaron Rodgers. I, I, I'm. They asked him the question: Is this going to be your last game at Lambeau? And of course, he wouldn't say, "Oh no, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. I've got a big game on my hand. We, we're focusing everything on the Detroit Lions." He goes, "Well, you know, uh, it might be, it might not be. And what great memories I. Have. Why can't he ever just answer a question, cut and dry? He's got to always be this mysterious dude. I'm done with him." Give me the li- I'm betting with my heart. Give me the Lions. I wanted to win so badly and shut Aaron Rodgers up once and for I'm tired of him. I'm done. I'm done. All right. Um, enough of that. Uh, the New York Giants have locked up the number six seed in the playoffs. Uh, their coach, Dable, has said, we're playing our starters. Uh, Philadelphia is at home, favored by 14 over the Giants. Do you play Jalen Hurts if he's 85%? You need the win to lock up the number one seat. What do you do with Jalen Hurts? And do the Eagles cover a 14-point spread, George? Well, Jordan, you got to play Jalen Hurts um, this game, especially in the first half, to see what happens, you know, because like you said, this is their playoff game. You know, um, there's a big difference between having a bye week and having home field advantage the whole playoff and having to go on the road with a wild card. That's essentially what they're playing for. The Giants the Giants aren't playing for really anything. They're just playing to stay sharp. So I think the Eagles got to go out. You got to play Jalen Hurts like this is your playoff game. And I think they get it done. I don't believe they cover the spread because I think if they get up 10, 14 points, they're going to start protecting Jalen a little bit because you got to keep him healthy. So give me the Eagles to win this game. Jalen Hurts starts. He plays well. He doesn't have a monstrous game, but I think the Giants cover the spread. Okay. Uh, James Mesh, Giants at Philly, Eagles favorite 14. Oh, that, that's such a big number. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely picking Philly. They need this one a lot more because Giants, they're not going to move whether they win or lose. They would love to play spoilers, but the, the Eagles, they need it. They're going to play Jalen Hurts. They're going to – they probably will only end up winning by like seven or eight. I don't believe in the in the 14-point spread. I, I think the Giants will keep it a lot closer, but I, I lean towards the Eagles for sure to win this one, to lock up the one seed. Now, uh, Coach Dable said he's going to play his starters. He didn't say how long he's going to play them. Why would he play them the whole game? He's going to treat this like a preseason game. He may play them in a quarter just to keep them sharp. I guarantee you, 
sitting him down. He's got nothing to gain, everything to lose by doing that. Um, maybe Philly gets a lead in this thing and they can go to go. I don't know what you do with Jalen Hurts because you can't make Jalen Hurts not be Jalen Hurts. And what does he do? He runs the football. When you run the football, what happens? You get hit. Sometimes you get hit in the shoulder. That's his issue. I don't know what you do in this scenario if you're Philly. I, I really don't. You got to play him. Um, He's in the playoffs. They're in the playoffs. You want him You want him um, banged up for the first round of the playoffs, or you want to seek number one? And I don't know. It's a, it's a fine line, man. It's a fine line. Philly's going to win. I'm not taking the points, though. I'm not. Um, Carolina at New Orleans, Saints' favorite three and a half. You'll be there, George, because you're always there. Seven and ten is a lot worse than eight and nine. If the Saints win, eight and nine smells pretty good to me. What do you think? Well, Jordan, I think they get it done. Um, you know, I, I'm not a fan of Andy Dalton, that quarterback, but there are a few quarterbacks I would take him over, and Sam Donald is one of them. Okay. So I, I think I think the Saints come out, they, they get it done. They, he doesn't he doesn't make huge plays, but he doesn't make huge mistakes. And I think the Saints win this in a low-scoring football game over Carolina, who pretty much lost their season last week. So They sure yeah. did. You know, we we was on this fire Dennis Allen train, and I'm still wouldn't be crying if they fired him. But it ain't happening. Eight nine, it ain't happening. It's not it's not a terrible season. So okay, I, I like the Saints in this one. All right, James Mesh. Uh, two fun facts, really quickly. Uh, the first one is, you know how in week 18 they usually kind of have that be like the incentive week, like oh if you get to like 80 catches you'll get an extra 250,000. Right. Well, for Kenny Galladay, he only needs 76 to get his uh, incentives. <laughs> he only needs 76 catches. Uh, I, I forgot the other one, but the <laughs> oh yeah, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be, I'm I'm gonna also be uh, at the game on Sunday, but I'm gonna be covering it. No, uh, nice. so, so you can't bet on, so you can't make a pick. No, I'm easily making a pick. I'm taking the Saints. <laughs> um, with this one, it's gonna be really low scoring. I mean, Saints have an eclipse 21 since they beat the Rams 27-20, and that was yeah. five weeks ago. So this is going to be a really low-scoring game. I'm taking the under on it. Um, Andy Dalton, uh, I'm, I'm over it, but, I mean, he just kind of does enough to where it's, like, it's not totally his fault. You're just going to have to lean on trying to get try, – try and get Eno Benjamin the ball more. I want to see what he can do. I want to see if he can be, like, a legitimate number two running back instead of you having to go into free agency and go and get really go get one and – have more Rashid Shahid, kind of play some other players. Actually have Trevor Penning play left tackle instead of be that jumbo tight end. Yo, go Thanks. ahead, Smash. Go ahead. Go Why ahead. Not? Saints favorite three and a half. I think uh, the Panthers are playing to try and keep their coach, Wilkes, from interim to full-time. Um, I think the Saints really want to end off the season on a four-game winning streak. Uh, get to eight wins. That that's that tastes a lot better than the uh, the afterthought. Um, I like the Saints' defense. Uh, I agree with all of y'all. Low scoring. I think the Saints will have uh, whoever starts off good. I think that's a team that's going to end up playing good. Um, so the start is very important in this one. The other team, whatever team doesn't start well, might as well fold up the tent. I think the Saints do it, and I think they, I think they win kind of handily here. I don't think it's close. I think they win pretty good. All right, um, let's go to hoops. LSU at Texas A&M. Tigers one up, one down. The big win over Arkansas. Tough loss on the road to Kentucky. They go to A&M. Who you got, George? 
Jordan, I, I like LSU in this one. I think LSU has been impressive. They play really, really good basketball. They, lo- they lost to Kentucky, but I felt like that's a game made it, maybe if they executed better at the end, they pull that W out. So they've been playing really, really good basketball. Yeah. I think K.J. Williams is going to have a 25-10 and 10 game, and they go to College Station and get, and get us a dub. So give me LSU in this one. All right, James. Adam Miller and K.J. Williams have been shooting really well from behind the arc, and LSU overall is still playing pretty good defense, and you really need really good defense on the road. I think this one goes in LSU's favor. Um, I, I, they're better than LSU's better than I thought they would be. They are, and, and Matt McMahon's a good coach. Um, A&M is due for a good game. That's the only thing that scares me. I think this will come right down to the wire. Give me Matt McMahon over Buzz Williams. Give me the Tigers to win that one. All right, Monday night, the national championship game, George. Georgia versus TCU opened up around 14 and a half. Uh, more people betting on TCU now. The spread is only uh, is down to 12 and a half for the dogs over the frogs. What do you think? Well, I'm absolutely taking TCU in the points. Like, TCU will not lose this game by 12 points. Um, I'm a Max Duggan fan, but here's the thing with Georgia. Georgia has has shown me this year they can win ugly. They can win with defense. They can win scoring a lot of points. Um, I can't bet against Georgia. I think they squeak this out and win with a field goal in dramatic fashion like they did last week. Mm Mm-hmm. Give me Georgia in this one just because they proved me wrong all season. So, okay. give me the Bulldogs. But if I was a betting man, I'd take TCU in the spread. Gotcha. All right, James. I think Max Duggan, he's he's bound to play a lot better than he did last time, under 50% completion percentage. But the Horned Frogs cannot rely on getting two pick sixes to save them in this game. I lean towards Georgia. They don't really make a lot of mistakes. Stetson Bennett, I, I feel like you you just end it and you ride off into the sunset as a two-time national championship back-to-back. Yeah, it's been about 10 years since we've had uh, back-to-back championships, and that came from Alabama. Um, I just think the experience, the know-how, the uh, – yeah, I can't bet against Georgia. That spreads an awful, awful lot. Um, yeah. And TCU doesn't back down, man. They, they they don't quit. I think the Bulldogs win, but I'm with you, George. Uh, give me the give me TCU and the points in this one, uh, and we'll wrap up the college football season, guys. Thank you so much. We're running late here. We got to take a quick timeout so we can wrap this baby up. Y'all have a great weekend, and uh, we'll be right back here on the Jordy Helper Show. A recent survey discovered that game listeners prefer our station over watching a mandated webinar at work. Oh, thank you, everyone, for coming to this exciting meeting today to discuss... Take that, productivity in the workplace. This is The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, time to wrap it up. Special thanks to our guest today, Al Salas, Canal Street Chronicles, Blake Topmeyer, USA Today, George Faust, KLFY, George Becknell, James Mesh with our picks. If today, January 6th, is your birthday, happy birthday from all of us to all of you. You share it with former LSU baseball right-hander, Kevin Gossman, now with the uh, Toronto Blue Jays. Kevin Gossman, a long career in the uh, MLB. He is 32 years young. Um it's the weekend. 
Yay, it's the weekend. I hope you have a I hope you have a great rest of your Friday and even better Saturday and Sunday. Come on back Monday, same time, two to four, same great station, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. We'll talk about the national championship game. We'll recap the Saints win over Carolina, knock on wood. We'll recap LSU's win over Texas AM, knock on wood, all that stuff. Um, so until then, I'm Jordy Helper. Stay thirsty, my friends. Do everything you can to stay healthy. Uh, let's be kind to one another and uh, smile a little bit. Be happy. Have a great weekend, everybody. So long.